Hi, all you reinventors out there. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am the founder of the Reinvent Yourself podcast. And I'm also the founder of CoveyClub.com, where we talk about reinvention a lot. I'm really excited today to bring to you somebody who really has a very similar kind of take on what women can do but more from a standpoint of if you've been home for a while, um, raising kids, or maybe you've been in some kind of transition, taking care of an elderly person, um, who knows, a lot of the caregiving um, delegates to women anyway. Um, But you wanna get back into the workforce, it's post COVID, what are you gonna do? Where do you start if you've lost all of your contacts that, you know, because it's been a long time, Um, Kathleen Butler-Smith, who's the founder and CEO of Morph Mom, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com, is going to talk to us about how she started out in juvenile justice as a lawyer, um, which she loved, um, and then after having children, decided she had a bailout um, for a good chunk of time and then wanted to come back in and how to figure out what that meant. A lot of us are on that same trajectory, especially after COVID. What do you do? How do you start from zero all over again? She's got great tips and tricks. And I think you will see a lot of similarity between her and me and what we do and how we approach it. And I hope that you will get some good tips and tricks by listening to Kathleen Butler-Smith. Here she is. So welcome, Kathleen. I'm so glad we get a chance to do this. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We have a lot of roads we've traveled that are very similar. And um, so I always like to find out how different people did what we did, um, especially when it's close. Um, to what we, you know, what I've done, because it's so, it's, it's nice to hear that everybody has the same issues, or, you know, they figured a way around something that's fantastic. So let's start with your background. Where did you grow up? And what did you start out doing? I'm from Jersey City, uh, New Jersey. That's where I grew up. I um, was a lawyer. And when I, my My first career, I was an assistant prosecutor back in Jersey City in Hudson County, where I grew up. um, Working primarily. Incredible. Okay. I I loved it. Working primarily in juvenile, but sort of covering everything. And then how did you end up in the women's space? What what was the segue? Well, I have three kids, and after my second, it was getting a little bit dangerous um, to the point where I thought, let me just, you know, as soon as my kids were a little bit older, I'm definitely coming back. I loved it. I taught in prisons when I was in law school. I loved everything about it. And it's all I ever wanted to do. But it was a little tricky when they were little. So I thought I'm definitely going to come back maybe a year. Well, the year turned into a decade, turned into 15 years. And then I thought, okay, I can't go back. How am I going to go back after all this time? And what, how is this translatable into something else? I was completely stuck. I had no idea what to do, where to go, how to begin, lost my connections. You know, I think with so many people out there experience after they've been home for a bit or have decided to make a change. And I was stuck. I didn't know what to do. 
Um, and had so, you not, you had not been on social media or anything like that, or you just were heavy into the mom's world. And how long was that for? It was about maybe 13 years, 12 years, 13 years. No, I mean, I, I, I was somewhat in the social media world, but in the back of my head, I always thought, oh, I'm going back. I'm going back. I don't have to worry about it. And then when reality hit and I couldn't go back, I really didn't know what to do. I'd really lost a lot of connections over that time. And I really had no idea what was next. I knew what I loved and I knew what I was decent at. I'm not sure I was great, but I knew what I loved and I didn't know what was next. And I thought, I started to Google it and I started to say, you know, how do I, what do I, what's out there? And I couldn't get an answer. So I thought, wait a minute, all these women out there have done this before. So many people have gone down this road, experienced this frustration and this sort of, you know, uh, loss, this feeling of being lost and figured it out. So I thought, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Rather than figuring it out for myself, I'm going to go ask all those women out there who have done it, how they did it and to help others figure out how they can do it as well. So were you focused strictly on relaunch? Is that really where you began? Originally, yes. And that's the title has actually morphed itself. But originally the title was Morph Mom. Moms who had been home and tried to figure out what was next. What was their next chapter? What were they going to morph into? And as I started my interviewing, and I went across the country to do it. I interviewed everywhere. I realized people were reaching out and saying, you know, I'm not a mom, but this could help. Or I'm a mom who never left work, but this could help. So we morphed into really being a platform to share stories, as many stories as I could get, to help others to connect and figure out what was next for them. So morphmom.com has a bunch of stories on it. Is it a podcast or it's just reading? Well, we've morphed as well along the way. Originally, it was just all the video interviews that I had taken across the country and with time. And as you know, Leslie, we adapt and we pivot ourselves trying to figure out the best way to share these stories. So over the course of time, the website has morphed. Um, I started to write for Huffington Post and I shared a bunch of articles there. I, I started to do live events around the country and conferences and classes. I had a radio show for years where there's a podcast. And now most recently with COVID, we've pivoted into a television show called the happier hour, but everything is, although the medium or the, the way we're doing it has changed and morphed. Our mission has never changed. It was always to share these stories and connect women to help them figure out what's next. And it's not always about work. It could be about volunteer work, um, going to a board, having gone through a tragedy or something where you just need to find someone who's been there, figured it out and found a way to get through it and find their next step and to connect you along the way. So what are the biggest sort of obstacles? Obviously you've been at this for a while. How long have you been doing it? About 12 years. Okay, so it's a long time. Yeah. What have you you seen that has changed? Because in the last 12 years, some things have gotten better and yet here we are at 57% of women in the workforce way back to Ronald Reagan's time. Yeah. what have you seen that has gotten better? And what have you seen that has gotten worse for women who are trying to figure it out? I think over the 12 years, and it's been really exciting to see, I think women, um, I think they've always done this, but I've seen it more just through what I do in connecting women, have the courage to start fresh and start new and do a, you know, have a start, something entrepreneurial 
And I think it's really exciting to see all these women starting themselves, like you and I starting something on our own. And we were discussing earlier, it's not always easy to get a partner or someone to back you. And your friends are not always in the same boat to support you with that decision. You could be really, you know, jumping into the ocean alone. But I, I really have seen an upsurge in women just doing it. And if they had to do it alone, they did it alone. And I think it's just so exciting in the various fields that they do this as well. Do um, you see success in one field coming from one field more than others? What are, your, what are the trends that you see that our listeners would be interested in? Interesting. Um, well, pre-COVID, obviously it was, you know, maybe more storefronts and opening businesses like that. And now post-COVID though, I see a lot of success in women turning their businesses over into an online store, you know, through Instagram, through Facebook, whatever it is where you no longer need to run. And through technology, we'll do to not only have your business continue, but flourish. I've heard so many women say in the past two years, as devastating as COVID was, they were able to turn this around and most recently really see it take off and realize that they can do it from home. They don't have to have the added expense of a rental space or storefront or an office. They can really do this from home and save money on that side and then invest more in the company. What kind of businesses are those when you say stores? Do you mean clothing stores? What do you, what are you talking about specifically? I think a wide range of clothing or decorating, or um, I'm just trying to think, you know, um, uh, products that they've made that they were selling. I really have. Oh, What happened, Marissa? Did we lose her? Oh, I'm here. It just said recording stop. Yeah, it was my like Zoom completely cut out and went away and very weird. Can you just, um, okay. I don't know where it cut out. It seemed to cut out when we were talking about storefronts being changed over. Um, Yeah, I would restart that. Yeah, let's talk. Maybe maybe Zoom didn't like my answers. <laughs> yeah, maybe it didn't. Maybe maybe it didn't. Um, so let's do that, and hopefully it'll pick it up in the transcript, Marissa, and it'll pick up the the cut time right there. That's yeah. what I'm hoping with the transcripts. Okay. Um, so here I'll ask the question again, and we'll we'll start over. Okay. So, what kind of stores specifically did you see um, succeed in the switchover? Were these stores that had been real life stores and then they were switched into digital stores. Is that what you're seeing successfully? I am. Yeah, a, a, lot, of, a lot of them clothing or products or, or just had a storefront for something and just sort of made the switch during COVID and have all reported back and said, it's, it's just, it's going great, but it's also giving them flexibility that they may not have realized before. And they said that part is tremendous as well. So they've been able to maintain what they're doing, staying at home with a little bit more flexibility as well. How do most of those people who are switching over, because I do think it's a great idea. The danger is, and I've seen people still make this mistake, is the the people who build their business on Facebook or on Instagram or anything that has an algorithm that can be changed overnight. Are they reliant on that or are they aware of that? Do they take that into account? You know, I don't, it's also website-based as well. So they can be directed to the website as well. Okay. But no, I don't, no, the women I've spoken to, 
No, they most have not taken that into consideration. I think they've sort of been just relying on the, the social media presence as well as the website and okay. also just word of mouth too during, you know, during all right. of this. Interesting. So what have you seen as obstacles now as we're getting back and we're all coming back after COVID trying to figure out what's different? What's different for women who are reinventing after being out of the workplace for a long time? Um, 15 years is a long time and it's very scary. There are a lot of relaunch programs to take you back to Wall Street or take you back to being a lawyer or taking you back to do all that. But what are you seeing women looking for? And what do you think is easier now? And what's your, what's your observation? Well, pre-COVID, let's say, you know, before, now people not being in offices, but pre-COVID, a big, and I saw this for years, that honestly never really changed. It was the fear of losing flexibility, right? It was the fear of committing to something that maybe you weren't ready to commit to 100%. You knew you wanted to do it, but you didn't know how much of yourself you could give at the time. Um, I used to see that all the time. They were ready until they were ready. (laughs) Then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. And I think um, defining success at that stage, it changed a little bit. That was always a big discussion. You know, what is the definition of success? When I go back in, it's different before having a family. I knew what I wanted. And now going in, my my terms have changed a little bit. Post-COVID though, now that it's a little bit, you know, it's work from home and you're not always back in the office, it has almost given these women a, a little bit of a burst. You know, it's those going back, thinking of going back to some type of an office where maybe I can now work at home for maybe three out of five days and maybe they're not going back full time. Prior to that, they were scared to ask. And now I think they're more emboldened and see it does work and I can show you it does work. So you're missing out on not having me there because before I couldn't commit to the five days a week, you know, in office or in person. But now we know it works. And I think it's given them a burst of confidence to come in and say, we know it works this way and I know I can do it. Um, I have seen a lot of that. And I think that's pretty exciting too, because it, you know, you find something good and the bad. And I think a lot of them have found that and given them the courage to come forward with that. And are you seeing any change in the kinds of businesses women are trying to launch now after being out? Is it the topics that are different or it's all been the same? You know, it's pretty consistent. I think one thing that they do consider, again, we're talking in person where it's helping those that wanted to go back into an office where it's not in person five days a week. It gives you second, it makes you reconsider if it's a business that involves all in person. So if you were, you know, involved in event planning or if it was events or if it was conferences, similar to myself doing conferences or things where you really did rely about people coming back in person, that has caused pause. That has caused them to take pause for a minute and think, well, how can I pivot that to readjust to things that don't always have to be in person? Or if they do, it can be a little bit more spread out than it was in the past. So it's funny, it's a twist on the two where you're more emboldened to those that had to go back to an office. And now those that didn't want the office and wanted the event space are now reconsidering uh, different ways to, to plan things in case up. I know a lot of women who um, put it to their, um, to their employers who were demanding that they come back. I know in publishing, they were demanding they come back with no social distancing, no mask mandates, no 
vaccination mandates and they there was a rebellion at one of the companies and yeah. finally the company operates out of the midwest and i guess these people decided that whatever they were going to do it a midwest way or they weren't going to take covid seriously and i guess enough people decided they were going to quit that they changed they changed their whole thing and they came <laughs> back they rolled back everything they 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 moved it to November coming back and they moved it, you know, they put in mandates and, you know, I don't, and then these women all had children and they were concerned about bringing the virus back to their children. So I think it's good. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot more, I guess, clout because now we have the facts and figures about how well remote work can work. And whereas before it was, it seemed pampering and seemed kind of whiny to ask for it, right? But now yeah. we know we now we know it works. What are you seeing in terms of um, men offering to help with the family more? Are you seeing any of that? I need to give women more flexibility, or is it still women having to manage the whole thing by themselves? No, I, especially during COVID. No, I actually have seen. It's funny, and we've had I've had discussions with. A bunch of more moms about this the men you know or the partner whoever it is that's home that is now home also is seeing how much help is needed and they are kicking in a little bit more because they, they see what it was like and if they don't kick in sometimes it affects their own work so they have to so or maybe you know, they, they get kicked just, out yeah that's right <laughs> You know, so when the kid needs help or the dog is barking, they better go help or they're not going to get on their own Zoom call either. So I think actually it's forced everyone to sort of reevaluate and say, we have to do this together if we want to all get this done. Well, maybe, maybe perhaps one of the green spots in all of this is that not only does everybody have more respect for the teachers, but maybe men have a little more respect for what mothers have been doing all along that was invisible to them. I think so. I think everything, there were, everything became very clear <laughs> during all of this. And, you know, even kids that were home may have more respect about, you know, I think everyone was able to see things through a different perspective yes. and saw that, and you had to give in for it to work. And maybe otherwise it wouldn't have happened. So maybe like you said, the green light, you know, the, the silver lining in this is, that you sort of had to respect others a little bit more and had to start appreciating others or it wasn't gonna work. Now, what do you think as the generation below me, the millennials are turning 40 now? Are you, I mean, which is just shocking to me because I have a son who's a millennial, um, not 40, but um, are you seeing any difference in the way these women handle things versus the way that X and Boomer did? The one thing I think is different, and I have a daughter who's 25, or, um, I do see a difference that, and just in general, actually, I have sons that age as well, that they're not afraid to start and fail. They're not afraid to move on to something else quickly. I think when we all started, it was, this is your career, this is where you're locked in and you know you have to do it. Hate it or not, you gotta do it. And I think what I've seen and younger morph moms too that come to us, they're not afraid to fail and they're not afraid to move on. If it's not working, it's not working, let's go try something else. And it doesn't negate how hard they're trying. It just, it, I see this fearlessness in them. They're just, 
or they don't consider it a failure. They consider it a failure if you stay and it's not working. They think that the right thing to do is to find what's right for you and to, and if it takes a few turns or takes a little while to find it, it's okay. Yeah, I think they have a different standard of, of how this should work for them. I mean, we were, of course, decrying the millennials, you know, who they didn't like, you know, the lighting in their office and they would leave, <laughs> yeah. um, which was very frustrating. But on the other hand, you're right. We stuck it out because it was a, you know, it was a military triangle and you had to work your way out of the bottom up to the top. And that was the way it went. You didn't have a choice, which to me um, is, was one of the telling things um, when Cuomo said when he was, you know, being hit with all these sexual harassment things and he was saying, oh, the line has moved. It's like, no, buddy, the line didn't move. You just have a young generation of girls who aren't going to put up with this crap anymore. We, we did. We did. Yep. We put up with all this crap because we were the first in line behind the, you know, the ceiling crackers. The ceiling crackers had to behave like men. And then we came up and, you know, the guys sticking hands all over you. What were you going to do? You were stuck in this triangle. You had nowhere where else to go. You had to grit your teeth yep. and bear it. Right. And you dare yep. not say anything. You just passed it along to your girlfriend saying, don't be alone in the room with Bob, you know, (laughs) right. right? That was what we did. And these young girls, I mean, I, I don't know if you see it in in these young girls too. They've just been raised to say, I'm not going to take any of that because I'm just going to pop out of the, there is no triangle anymore. It's a lattice. I'll just move to another lattice. Yeah, I think that's true. But I also think that men are the younger generation now these men are also a little bit they're not doing too what happened to us you know in years past I think they've learned their lessons some not all but some, I do yeah. think some not everyone yeah but I do think there's more awareness now and I think there's a little bit more um you know they're a little bit more educated about it now hopefully and hopefully that is turning as well yeah so for women who are trying to actually execute on, you know, it's the, it's the first, you know, last quarter of um, 21 and they're trying to figure their way out. They're trying to figure out what's next. What's your biggest suggestion for them at this time in our development? And because, you know, when you don't have childcare and we've seen, you know, the shortage of workers, we've seen, I mean, nobody can even get someone to be a barista, nonetheless, be a nanny, right? Yeah. So what do we do? I mean, we are so out of the workforce right now, um, unfortunately, because of what it's shown us about the support system and women end up being the support system. What do you suggest they do? I mean, I guess everybody has to find a remote job that, you know, is between nine and three, right? Well, that's, I think remote is the biggest, something that you can be done from home, which now so many more things can be done from home, which I think is the good part about this. Starting out for those who have no idea where to go, this is one of, I think the best pieces of advice I got was what, if you're really lost and you don't know where to begin, what do people come to you for? What is your strength? Do they come to you for honesty, for organization, for help, for secrecy, for what is it? What's the strength that everybody else sees in you 
and comes to you for. And I think it's a really good starting point. And then sit down and go from there and sort of figure out from that, what, what can you do with that strength and, and what excites you and what evolves around that. And there's so many resources now when you, you're not sure. Covey Club and Morphbot, you can go to all these places now. Find the community of women that's where you are. As I mentioned before, it's not always your friends. They're not in that place. But there's so many women out there who are and everybody wants to help. It's all they want to do. They want to help you figure it out. So find these communities and connect. And now you can do it all online. It's so easy. I think there's a, yeah, and I think there's a little, and you probably discovered this before I did. I was a little unsure if making a group of strangers to help people reinvent themselves would work. Weirdly, it's actually the secret sauce is not being, and I find that people, I don't know if you find this with Morph Mom, I keep saying, people say we changed their lives. They couldn't have lived without Covey. And we live with, and I'm like, okay, bring your friends. And they're like, no, they don't. Yeah. They, they, they want to be anonymous and they want to start all over fresh. It's easier to make these changes and move on, strangely, away from people who knew you. This is well, the surprise, right? And I think it's really exciting when we have our classes and clubs that we do. It's really exciting to not come in, you know, like fitting a mold that you think you have to fit. It's like you're stripped down again, you can start fresh and who knew, but it's kind of exhilarating to come in without any preconceived notions about you or yourself that others put upon you. I think it's an exciting opportunity to be in a room with women that you don't know, but that you do know are supportive women and who are there for the same reason. So everybody's there for the same reason. They want you to succeed. They want to succeed. And they know this is only going to work if you all do it together. So I think it's, it's really exciting to see how women who don't know each other can find the most unbelievable things in each other. So what would your suggestions be for women who want to reinvent the way you did, where you came out of this place, you were doing something you loved, you took this big time off, you how to start from scratch. What are a couple of pieces of advice you would, you know, if they want to start a community or they want to do something very similar to you? What are the three pieces of advice or two pieces you would give them or steps or tactics? Well, similar to what I said about our younger generation, I think we can learn from them about this this fear of failure has to go immediately. You can't, we're too old now for that. When we go out and if the first thing that we, doesn't, that we do doesn't work, that's great. We gave it a shot. Right there, you've taken your first step. You did something. So I think the first thing is be gone, that <laughs> fear of failure, and take it only as a learned lesson. If it doesn't work, that means you're not supposed to be doing it and you got to try something else. And I think that's one of the toughest ones for us. But once you get past it, it's, a, it's really helpful because it's really narrowing down where you should go yeah. to look at it that way. Why do you think our generation was so obsessed with success? There was, you weren't allowed to fail. And I saw so many people who would do bad things or things that went against their values at work because they were so afraid to fail that they would never speak up or push back. I think possibly that, there was a lack of confidence that we all have now because of these 
like you and I and everyone out there forming these communities to support. I'm not sure mm. that was there before. No, there was much. no support. It was all competitive. No, you weren't yeah. allowed to, you weren't allowed to look weak at all because somebody wanted to compete with you or you, that was our, that was our, how we were told. Right. And there's not room for more than one of you here. So right. God forbid you share to scarcity. Yeah. Oh, God forbid you said what you were doing and helped somebody oh, yeah. else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This, the, yeah. And that's that, I would say that's, I don't know about you, but I like the fear of getting rid of the fear of failure, but that's probably the other thing that I hear too. And I don't know if you hear this too, is I have this great idea, but I'm afraid to put it out there. I'm like, yeah, put it out there. Nobody, yep. nobody is, you know, Shakespeare wrote everything. Right. <laughs> you know, it's all been done and said, whatever you have, you're going to do it differently. You know, if you have proprietary tech, obviously don't put that out there, but to get feedback on your idea, put it out there. Oh, and I mean, just you and I talking is so exciting and, and, and just exhilarating. And if you're doing this to help others, you certainly should have tons of people out there doing the same thing. There are a lot of people that need help. Yes. And and very much there is, I think you have to look at it, you have to come to it from an abundance point of view and yeah. not a scarcity mindset, which is what women of my generation were told was that there's only one room at the, in yeah. the treehouse with the guys was actually the, that was the generation ahead of me. There's maybe there's a treehouse and it's all men, but maybe they'll let in a woman who kind of pretends like she's a man. <laughs> and then, and then we came up and it was like, okay, maybe, maybe she'll let you have, you know, sit next to her, but she might just pull the ladder up and not let you in anyway. Cause you know, she has so much status now. She's the only female in there. So yeah. maybe, yes, it's that abundance and say, I mean, that's how I look at it. I look at it as, you know, yeah, I need, you know, a thousand people for my covey club. You need a thousand people for your thing. They're not, they don't have to be the same people. It's there's millions of women who need this. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and the more the merrier, like what you can learn from yes. you and somebody else, you're going to help me like that. Yes. will bring it to us. And, and we, we do different things. Share it. Yeah. Yes. And it's just, yeah, I've never understood that. Yeah. Me either. I do. I think that's another lesson learned too, from these kids like that. There's never been that fear with them. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Any last one as we pull into the end here that you wanted to leave our listeners with if they want to reinvent like you did and if they're trying to figure out what that thing is? Um, it's got it. So if you are going back into this and understanding that, you know, it's not going to, it may not be your typical nine to five or whatever's typical now right. you know, with COVID, but it's got to be something though, that you're willing to do. So when you go into this, really think about how much you are willing to give when you do it, because you may have to be up from one to four in the morning to do it, but if you mm. love it enough, you're going to want to do it. So a lot of people are sort of scared of the success. So mm. manage that before you go into this, if you really want it and you're ready for it, you just got to be ready for the one to four, or the, you know, the off time hours to get. And if you're not ready for it, that's okay too. There's so many other, you don't always have to be the boss. You can go help other people. You can go find so many other opportunities. But I think at this stage in life, make sure it's something you want to do, that you love to do, that you have the passion to do, because we're too old to not have that. I think it's time and we, we, we've earned it. We deserve it. We deserve like to that. do something that we love. 
I like that. Yeah, you've earned it. I agree. You've definitely earned it and it's time to do something you love. And um, the good the good part about it is that you get to do what you love. The bad part about it is if it ain't working, there's nobody else to blame. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that's that's the come home to Jesus moment, which is like, well, that was all on me, you know? So yep. <laughs> yes. cool. Well, Kathleen, where can everybody find you and find Morph Mom? So we're at morphmom.com. Um, we have a television show now on Sunday nights on NJ12, and you can find all of this on at morphmom.com, Happier Hour. We tape it live um, on Facebook Live and Zoom. And Leslie was kindly <laughs> to be one of our amazing guests. That you was can watch fun. Her show. We that had a great so time. So you can join us Wednesday nights for that and on television again Sunday nights. Uh, we're at Instagram at morphmom. We're at Facebook at morphmom. And Twitter, more fun one, and um, LinkedIn, Kathleen Butler Smith. And we just want to help you guys. If you have any questions, anything you need, um, please reach out and we'll get back to you and we'll try and figure it out together. And Leslie, I think, is one of the most inspirational women I've ever met. Oh, and I just sweet. so appreciate, I, I mean it, I appreciate everything that you've done. And I think you are an incredible inspiration model for all of us um, wow. to That's just keep sweet. going. Well, thank so, you. Yeah, I keep going. I'm just, there's days, <laughs> there are those days. But yeah, thank you. That's very sweet of you. Yes. And likewise, back at you, because that was a wonderful conversation we had. And watching what you do is an inspiration to me, too, because I never thought it's like, you know, you have to think of what are you going to do next with this and how are you going to get your word out there? And we, we just have to keep going back and forth on each other's shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, wonderful. Kathleen, thanks so much for your time. Oh, it really it was an honor to be on this show. It's incredible. Thank you so much. So thank you for listening to Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kathleen. And, you know, you just have to do what you love. And I love the fact that she says, we're just too old to not enjoy what we do. And I think coming out of COVID, I think that's true even more. If you are serious about your reinvention, mosey on over to coveyclub.com and check out all the reinvention things that we have. We have articles, we have more than you could possibly want about reinvention. We have been doing this for a long time. I've been an expert in reinvention for, you know, 10 years, eight of them working at More Magazine, um, which was all about reinvention. I also have a great little download for you, which you can find on the Covey Club site, which is called 31 Badass tips and tricks for launching your reinvention without fear. Come download that. That's kind of like my little tip sheet to get you started. Um, and as you will see from that tip sheet, I really do believe that just starting is the first step. Actually putting your foot in front of the other and actually downloading that little tip sheet will make you feel better. If you are out there floating around saying, what am I going to do and having so much anxiety? Actually, just getting started is the key. And I hope that you will sign up for the podcast. Go ahead and subscribe and pass it to any friends who might need 
some kind of reinvention help. We want to be there for everybody. And we have everybody in the world who's reinvented from a thousand different directions. It can be done. It's just a matter of getting started. So take care. See you next time.